Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.ae. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. see, a part of what we've just heard is actually a part of the mission of our church. Our mission, our purpose, the reason that York Street exists is to lead people to Jesus and disciple them to the point where they can do the same. We want to lead people to, to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and then teach them what that looks like so that they are empowered to then lead others to Jesus and that they can lead them and disciple them so that they can lead others. You see, a disciple makes a disciple. And that's, that's what the mission of York Street has been and always will be, from its origin in a backyard of people meeting and, and worshipping God through to the, the purchase of, of property and more property and more property. We have an incredible legacy of people that have led people to Jesus and discipled them so that they are empowered to do the same. The way that this looks in our context as a church is that that we strive to be a large church that values family and reaches communities beyond our own. What that means when we break it down is we strive to be larger because there's still people that don't know who Jesus is. And if we get complacent thinking that we're there, then we won't want to grow anymore. And so we're always striving with the heart of God, to reach those who do not know who he is. We value family. And what is family? Well, Jesus didn't have children, yet he invited people to be a part of his family. You are family. You are sons and daughters of God. Therefore, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Family is everybody. However, we also acknowledge that Scripture talks about raising up the next generation about passing on the things of the Old Testament and the, the, the hope that is found in Jesus that we read in the New. We've got to pass this on to the next generation. So while we are all part of the family, we also have a focus on kids, youth, young adults. We do have a giant playground as a part of our building, if you miss that. But there's a focus on not only being a part of in our different ages and stages, but also making sure that we have a mandate to raise up the next generation with biblical truths because we are anchored in Scripture and led by the Spirit. But we also want to reach communities beyond our own. We don't exist just for these four walls. We, we exist to reach communities. That community may be your family. That community may be your workplace. That community may be the social group that you're a part of. That community definitely is our street and our neighborhood and our city. And we exist for them. But yes, we also exist for overseas to to, to help those that are in Cambodia, to help those that are over in Africa, to help those in different parts of the world with our mission partners. We exist for that. We strive to grow. We strive to, to make sure that everybody is discipled well. So this year as we look at it, we'll... That's our mission and vision of York Street, but what does it look like this year? What is our theme? What, what, are we, what are we trying to grab onto as we start 2022? 
You see, in times of war, a job was given to one of the soldiers of being a lookout. And the lookout would often climb a tree or find a hill because when they elevated themselves above the others, they had a better vantage point of what was coming. They could relay the message to the troops of there is danger or there is good things, there are supplies, there is hope. And when the the lookout would speak to the soldiers, the soldiers would listen because when the lookout was active, the soldiers could rest. The soldiers knew that somebody was looking out for them. The soldiers knew that there was somebody looking for the the hope or the path or the the enemy. Likewise, in the, the days of nautical exploration with sail ships. On top of one of the the tall masks of the ship was a crow's nest, a place where a sailor would stand to get above all the rigging and all the waves to be able to see what was happening and see what was coming, to, to look for land ho when they were looking to dock, to be able to look for other ships, to be able to, to see what was coming or try and dodge icebergs. And when the lookout from the crow's nest would yell out, everyone would listen. Because while they couldn't see what was coming, the lookout could. This year, I believe that we need to have a different vantage point from how we look through life. And often that vantage point isn't our own, because we're on the ground. We can't see what's coming. We can't see what's ahead. We can't see what the enemy's doing. We can't see what good is happening because we are down on the ground. And so what we need to look is set it, to set our eyes on someone that does know what's coming, to set our eyes on someone that can see the, the good and the bad. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, we read this. Set your mind on things above. We need to change the way we look, to change the way we think, to set our mind on the the, the one that can see, on the one that knows what's happening, the one that has certainty. And so we set our mind on the things above. You see, when we set our mind on things above, we realize that life isn't as complicated as what we make it out to be. It becomes complicated when we think it's about ourselves and when we're on the ground, that happens. But when we start to set our minds on things above, we realise that we're setting our mind on the one that knows all. We realise that there's actually one story that matters above all else. We realise that there's actually just one faith and it's not in the things that we have and we realise that there's one hope and that is in Jesus Christ. And so this year, while we we set our minds on things above, we realize that we're setting our minds on the one story that matters, the one faith that will never let us down, and the one hope that is for eternity. We're setting our minds on the one. We're setting our minds on Jesus. We read in Scripture in Romans, in chapter 15, 
and verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we set our minds on things above, we see that there is one hope. And when the one hope is within us, it swells up and then gives hope to others, not because of our ability, but because we've set our minds somewhere else. We've set our minds on him. And through the Holy Spirit, others have hope, not because of us, but because of where we set our minds. We read in Colossians chapter 3, it says this, Set your heart on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. You see, when we're on the ground, we see the things on earth and they can distract us from the bigger picture. It's like seeing the giant waves about us when we're on this ship called life and the waves are scary and we're hanging onto the rigging and we don't know what's happening or we're going, actually, I know best. I'm going to control this. I'm going to steer the ship myself, not knowing what's happening because our vantage point isn't where it needs to be. Ephesians. Chapter 4 says this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope where you... Then you will be called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is over all and in all and through all. This year, we have to focus on the one. What does this look like in practice? Well, Australian statistics show that every year, 250 churches close in Australia. 250 churches close. Only 200 are planted. We lose 50 churches every year of faithful, God-loving people. The church hasn't been able to succeed. Of the 10,000 Protestant churches in Australia, only 2% are reproducing. Only 2% of 10,000 churches are actually being active and growing and reaching the lost. This is not shuffling sheep. This is birthing lambs. This is leading people to Jesus. Only 2%. And I want to say, that's got to stop. That's got to stop. I don't want us to be the 98%. We've got to be a part of the difference. We've got to be reaching people with the gospel. And so this year, once again, we lean into the tools and assets that we have, which means we have to run Alpha. We have to have a simple pathway for us to invite others to a conversation about who Jesus is. We have to have a simple simple way to invite people into a space where we can openly talk about faith, and who Jesus is and what that means for them. Of course, we can go and have conversations and coffee and invite people to small groups. Yes, to all those things as well. But we have to have 
intentionally run programs so that when somebody asks a question that we don't know the answer to, which I call that Monday, we have a way to find the answers and to journey lovingly with them. It means so that we don't fall into this trap of just being complacent with where we are. We've got to get on our knees and pray. And while we pray as a part of our service, we pray each and every day as a staff in our small groups and at homes. We know that the body of Christ is, is powerfully active in prayer that we've seen over the past couple of years. There is something about gathering for the singular purpose of praying. And so once again, we're going to be starting our midweek prayer groups. And we hope this year, and we don't have a lockdown, but we're looking at making sure that whatever we start will survive a lockdown and won't stop because of the, the circumstances of this world as we set our mind on the things above. We have an incredible asset within the, the walls of this building in a kindergarten. The kindergarten down the hallway sees children in and through this building every single day. It sees staff and families in this building every single day. I've got to say that we are not reaching them well enough. We have to use what is in this building better as well as those outside. Reaching communities beyond our own means reaching the community just down the corridor. And we've got to start partnering much more strongly and finding ways of building relationships and leading those incredible families to Jesus. As we've said, churches are closing across our country. We've said it probably for the, not for the last 12 months or so, but um, in the young people within our, our country, 50,000 people under the age of 25 leave faith every year altogether. 50,000 young people under the age of 25 leave faith, which means that it hasn't connected. It hasn't connected. This is, this is not evangelism. These are people within the church that are leaving the church because they haven't got that real relationship with who Jesus is, which is why I believe that not only is discipleship so important, but also things like, like internship is vital. Because it gives our young people an intentional way to spend a year in God's word. To get the foundations of who he is. To, to understand how scripture works in a way that brings it alive. To wrestle through the questions with others. To do the formation journey of how God has made them and what God is doing in and through their lives. And I say through our interns we have an incredible opportunity to raise up not only young people but people that are young in faith. You can be old in age and young in faith and hungry for God's word. Internship is for you as well as it is for the younger people of this church. As we raise up the next generation, we've got to be strategic in what our generation's ministry looks like. This year we're undertaking quite a mammoth task of taking our generation's ministry, which includes our, our primary school, our youth, and our young, ad young adults on a journey of identifying key areas of development that we want our young people to have invested in their lives at key markers through that journey and, and age and experience. For example, by the time a child leaves preschool and it is primary school, what would it look like if they knew that God loved them, 
God made them and Jesus wanted to be their friend. Imagine what primary school would look like at an age-appropriate level with a five-year-old that knew that Jesus wanted to be their friend. They may never come to church again, but in their adult years, when everything goes wrong, they go, actually, I had a friend that I remember when I was five who was Jesus. What would it look like at the end of primary school to have our 12 and 13-year-olds entering high school with an understanding of their identity is not found in this world, their identity is not found in their friends, their identity is not found in their things, but their identity is in Christ. Imagine what that would look like for our, our teenagers as they start that journey of high school, let alone transition from, from year 12 into the young adult years. So we want to have a discipleship pathway throughout our generations so that we know that any young person that grows up in this church will have a firm foundation that is anchored in Scripture and led by the Spirit. Their identity will be in Christ. And that age-appropriate teaching will take place so that we set them up for the best opportunity not to be one of the 50,000 that leave the church and leave faith every single year. As a church and as an intergenerational church, we believe we've got to have some fun as well. We've got to have fun. We've got to laugh. We've got to celebrate. We've got to get together. We've got to enjoy company. How many times do we read in Scripture, with joy, with joy, there's celebrations, there's parties. Don't forget. And Jesus, and, and the Old Testament version of don't forget was to have a party. That was the way they didn't forget. There's celebrations, there's festivals. And one of the things we really want to highlight this year is our church camp. Now, what is church camp? Well, church camp is a camp for the church. <laughs> what does it look like? Well, number one, we're setting our eyes on things above, so we're not 100% sure. It's a really good opt-out, that line, too, because some things we don't know how they're going to play out. All we know is God has convicted us that this is what we need to do. So we're looking to him. But church camp this year is something that we actually want to really promote in a way that it's intergenerational, all ages together. There will be opportunities to, to sit and have conversation. There will be opportunities to go bungee jumping off the pinnacle, if you want to do that. Be, but also you can just sit and have a coffee. <laughs> it's, it'll be diverse. There'll be options. There'll be a range of activities. But also, on the Sunday, what we're looking at doing is joining our morning two services here, our 9 and 11, into one service and streaming the message that day from Hall's Gap back to here. Because while some won't be able to go on camp, some won't be able to afford it, some only sleep under five stars. <laughs> but so that we can do this journey together, we're going to stream that message back to here. As a way of being one church in different locations, but also being a church that celebrates one another and has a lot of fun. We deeply believe that the way God created us is, is important and being male and female means that there's times when it's good to hang out at blokes and it's good to hang out as women and it's good to hang out together at times. 
We just started um, our men's ministry for the year yesterday with a men's breakfast, um, which Peter Joycher and the team put together. Incredible time together just to, to hang out and have a inc- great breakfast and great con- conversations. Women's ministry, we're looking at what that looks like this year as some of these ministries are, are taking new forms and shapes as they, they rebuild after COVID. And there'll be opportunities to actually come together for some key events throughout the year. One of the things that was working behind the scenes last year, which um, we're now able to share, is the idea of church partnerships. I strongly believe that when our vision of the church to reach communities beyond our own was set, it wasn't just for us as a church to, to think about how we grow this. I believe as a large church, we have a mandate to help other churches that are struggling. As we heard, 250 close their doors every single year in Australia. And that's not the heart of God. To give you an idea, most churches in Australia are well under 100 people on any given Sunday. And of that 100, they usually have one worship team that worship every week. Every week. For the last 30 years, which means that a very real issue within that church is that guitarist wants to take a holiday, but they can't because then there's no worship on a Sunday. Some churches now use CD players for their worship, and that's fine because they're worshiping God. That's not a criticism. That's just the reality of how worship takes place in many churches across our our state and our country. York Street not only has three services every Sunday, but has a different worship team at every service and has a different worship team for every week of the month, up to four weeks. That's 12 teams. That's over 10 times the average church in this country. We are blessed. And it's not good enough for us to keep that to ourselves when churches are dying and closing their doors. And we have a mandate to help them to send out our interns, to send out those that are gifted in in using their skills in kids or youth or young adults ministries to to reach these communities with the church who's serving faithfully but is unable to reach out because they're on the ground. And they're serving faithfully and they're loving God. But I believe as we set our minds on things above, God is saying that we need to do more to help those churches. And so this year we're looking at church partnerships. How do we help? We're not trying to take over. We're just wanting to be a big brother that comes alongside and shares the blessing that we have with those around us. One of the other things that we shared um, over the past couple of years is the church building uh, and what the building project looks like here at York Street. And yes, it is still in motion, still in process. But during the lockdowns and over the past couple of years, we've felt it's actually really unwise to try and embark on a building project where we ask people to give of their finances when so many have lost work and so many have have been heavily affected by this pandemic. And so I want the update is, yes, the architectural drawings look awesome. One of them even has an indoor fireplace. That was cool. Um, But they're all just like dreams and pictures. They look amazing, but it's not yet. But it's definitely a yes, but a not yet. And when the time is appropriate, we will share that. But I know people have been asking about what that looks like 
And you may notice there are little things being fixed up and changed around the place. But that is definitely a part of what is to come. I want you to know that God has chosen you to be a part of the one story. God has chosen you to be a part of the story. A part of his story. And as you become a part of his story, you become a part of history. What is your legacy going to be? Are you going to be helping raise up those around you? Are you going to be using your time to invest into the kingdom of God? Will you set your mind on things above? This year you are invited to refocus, to revisit and re-examine the one. What it means to live under the instructions of the one who sees all, the one who knows all the one who can help you dodge the enemy, but also set your path where it's meant to be. In the back of your pew or in the pew in front of you is a little form that says, My Church and My Calling. And this is something I want to encourage you to take home with you and to sit and think and pray over. We'll have versions of this available online, um, downloadable from the, the download section with the sermon section this week for those that are watching online as well, for you to be able to, to receive this and journey as well. And what this is, is a space for reflection. There's a space for, for notes and things that God is putting on your heart, but there's also a place for you to get involved because I believe everybody has a place and an opportunity to use your skills and gifts and abilities to help invest into your church family. And so over the next month, we're going to be handing these out every week. And at the end of February, we're going to collect them as a way of seeing what God is doing in your life. I didn't want to do it today because I didn't want to do a big, let's go, hurrah, and out of the emotion, people respond. God made emotions and they're good. However, I want this to be something that you sit with God and pray about and we'll collect them at the end of the month knowing this isn't just an emotional response. This is a thought out, prayerful response of what God is calling you to do this year. This year, as a church, We're pursuing one story. We're pursuing the one faith. And we're hanging on to the one hope that is found in Jesus as we set our mind on things above. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the way that you have positioned us as your church to be able to reach communities beyond our own. We thank you that we can only do that through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the good news. Lord, as we focus on the one, may we be a church that is not a part of a group that is not growing and in doing so not reaching the lost, which is the heart of God to do so. Lord, I pray as we raise up one another in our different ministries, that we would see opportunity to be able to to have fellowship, to belong, to grow, and to have fun along the way. But Lord, also that we would see the urgency to raise up the next generation so that they don't become a part of the staggering figures of those that are leaving the church, 
but rather they would be the ones leading the church into the future. Lord, I pray that in all that we do, that we would look to you for guidance, look to you for direction, and look to you for clarity as we focus on the one. In Jesus' name we pray.